How many of you love God? You love him? Come on, don't just say that half-hearted. How many of you love God? If you love God, you have to love his purpose. And if you love God, you have to love his church. I, when I speak of the church today, I am, I am not talking about a local congregation, although I am talking about a local congregation. But the church is, is, is a big, 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 big thing in this world. It's bigger than your eyes have ever seen. It's bigger than your mind has ever conceived. The church is spread to the four corners of this earth. And the Lord is the author of the church. If, if, if I could just talk to you a little bit today about it being God's church. It's not my church. Where you say, where's your church? Well, you don't own a church. And I don't own a church. This building don't even totally belong to us. It's ours and the bank's. But uh, someday we'll have it paid off again. But, but the facts are, God owns the church. Can you say amen? In Matthew chapter 16, it was Jesus that spoke. And he said these words. When they, he asked those around him, whom do men say that I am? It was all kind of answers. One said, well, I heard you were Jeremiah's prophet. Another one said, I heard you were Isaiah. And another one said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And it was then that Jesus spoke back to Simon Peter. And he said, upon this rock, or he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. I see it on the screen. Good. Thank y'all. Y'all looking out for me. Uh, Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he went on to say this. He said to thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I, say it with me, I will build my church. Come on, say it all over this room. I will build my church. God didn't tell me that I was going to build the church. He said he was going to build the church. He said, didn't say it was my church or your church or our church or any organization's church. He said, I will build my church. It's God's church. Can you say amen? And he said this, furthermore, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's not going to be stoppable. It's not going to be pushed into the corner and and done away with. It's going to be a force in this world. He said, I'm going to build the church, and the gates of hell can't prevail against my church. This church is destined for victory. Whether you believe that or not, we are destined for victory. Makes no difference who fails, the church is going to win. Makes no difference who quits, the church is going to win. Makes no difference if I'm here or you're here. We're lucky and blessed and grateful to be a part of the kingdom of God. But the church will always prevail. Can you say amen? The church will always win. God purchased the church. Jesus said, it's going to be my church and I'm going to build it. But if you read in the book of Acts chapter 20, the Bible said, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, verse 28. He said, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, 
which he hath purchased with his own blood. This church is a blood-bought church. Just stay with me a little bit today. I know this is simple stuff. I've preached it a million times, no doubt. But the facts, that's, then that may be, that, that, let me just say I've preached it a bunch of times. A million is a lot of times. But I want to tell you that the church is not the afterthought of God. The church is not something that he just threw out there because man sinned and he thought, well, I better do something. That's not what it was all about. You go read the scriptures and the Bible said in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. Now we know that Jesus did not exist in the foundation of the world only by God the Spirit. But let me tell you this, it was his plan from the beginning. The church was his plan. It was his design. It was his idea. It is his apex. It is his zenith. The church is God's apple of his eye. The church is his bride. The church is his glorious one. The church is what he has created in this earth to further his kingdom because we are the kingdom of God. Stay with me today. The kingdom of heaven, the Bible, the Bible says a lot about the kingdom of heaven. Now, now let, me, let me go back and say this to you. You can't just join the church. I'd love to be able to tell you today that all you got to do is sign a card and you can be saved. Y'all want me to preach, y'all want to sit here and just look at me. I'll preach an hour and a half. I can. I can be preaching at midnight if you want that. But let me just tell you this. The church, you can't just blink your lights and be saved. You can't just honk your horn and be saved. You can't just shake a preacher's hand and be saved. You can't get into the church by signing up for the church. There's a way. You know what Jesus said? Go read John chapter 3 and verse 5. He said, or John chapter 3 beginning at verse 1, when Nicodemus came to him and said, Good master, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. And he didn't even answer his question about his identity. He just said that, that you got to be born of the water and the Spirit or you can't enter the kingdom of God. Did he say that? The only way into the kingdom of God is to be born again of water and of spirit. And so the kingdom of God is the church. And the church is a spiritual a spiritual dynamic force in this world. And the only way that we can be a part of God's church is for us to be born again of water and spirit. And then we are partakers of this heavenly gift and partakers of the kingdom of heaven. And it becomes a vital treasure in our life. I'm going to preach a little bit about heaven or the kingdom of heaven. So, so here's what Jesus said in telling the parables in Matthew 13, 44. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, that which a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth 
and selleth all that he hath, everybody say all that he hath, and buyeth the field. So he's saying here, the kingdom of heaven is such a precious treasure that when you find it, you ought to be willing to give up whatever you have to give up to get it. Because this man said when he was plowing in the field and he bumped into something and it rolled over in the dirt and he looked and there's a treasure chest and no doubt there was money and gold and silver and who knows. I'm just paraphrasing now. But he found a treasure in a field and the Bible said when he found it, he hid it. And then he went and he sold everything that he had. He got rid of all that he had to get rid of to buy that field. He didn't just buy the treasure, he bought the field. So if you want to get the treasure, you've got to buy the field according to the word of God and the parable. But what he was bringing out here was that this kingdom of heaven is such a precious commodity in your life. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to you. It's the best thing for your family. It's the best thing for your job. It's the best thing no matter where you go or what you do. I'm glad the church of the living God is a part of my life so that I am a part of his kingdom. Treasure. Here's what treasure is. It's wealth. It's such as money, jewels, precious metals, stored up or hoarded. It could be buried treasure. It's wealth of any kind and any form of riches. That's treasure. It's something of great worth. I'm reading from the dictionary. Something of great worth or great value. Something that you think is precious. It is your treasure. There's treasures around our houses. There's things that we have that grandma gave us or great grandma gave us or things that we inherited or things that, that have become so valuable to us as people. There are things, I can think of things in my life. I have some guns in my, in my safe that my father had that were very precious to him and so they become very precious to me and they're treasures. They're treasures. But I have no treasure like the treasure of the kingdom of God. If I could stand up here today and tell you how awesome the church has been in my life. This is all I know. This is all that I have. This is everything to me. The treasure of the kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, when I was sick, he healed me. When I was low, he picked me up. When I didn't have hope, he gave me hope. When I was lost, he saved me. The church is the greatest thing in my life. The church has stood by me through thick and thin. It is the greatest thing that's ever come in my life or yours. You better understand the treasure that you are dealing with today because when we say the church, we're talking about the kingdom. And when we say the kingdom, we're talking about the treasure that Jesus talked about that you need to sell everything and buy it if that's what it takes. So where's your treasure today? my text. Where's your treasure? Where's your greatest treasure? We all have some treasures, no doubt. Anybody have something that you, you, you just, it's valuable to you. It may not be valuable to anybody else, but it's valuable to you and you just know that you don't ever want to lose that and 
If something happened to that, it would just be terrible in your life. Think with me today. There's things like that in your life. There's things that you don't want to lose. Uh, we, we were cleaning out we were cleaning out our storage room here a couple weeks ago, and Lord Jesus, I thought it was going to be a little simple job, and we'd be through just pretty quick, but whew, I don't know where all that stuff come from. But when we got down to some stuff, I said, what are we doing with this? A little blue wagon. Oh, we're keeping that blue wagon. Why are you keeping that? Well, it's Drew's. Drew's 24 years old. There's a tricycle that Jeff run over many years ago and had a wheel that was crushed. A little bitty tricycle. I said, what are we doing with this? Oh, don't throw that away. I'm talking about her now. Don't throw that away. Why? Well, that was Drew's. So I took the license plate off of it. It said Drewber, and I took the little horn off of it and the little squeaky thing. that, And I, I redeemed that. I held on to that. I said, this has got to go. Well, you can go buy a wheel for it. Who's going to ride it? How do I look riding a tricycle? I can't even get down there and own it. Well, it's just valuable. And when we threw that thing in the trash, I thought my wife's going to cry because it's valuable to her. She got other stuff like that. I could tell a whole bunch, but I'm going to stop right there. But we kept the wagon. I'm pretty sure the wagon needs a 300,000-mile checkup. We got a little, Jeff will vouch for me, we got a little yellow car, little electric car that was bought 30 years ago, 25 years, 20-something years ago. And, 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 and that thing, we wore the wheels off of it. And, and they won't let, Crystal's got that hoarded up somewhere, and they won't let us get rid of it. Why? It's a treasure. Everybody say it's a treasure. Let me tell you something. All that stuff is going to naught. And everything you think is a treasure will suddenly become nothing. But let me tell you what's going to stand forever. The church of the living God is going to be here when everything else is gone. And it's going to live throughout eternity. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, my money, my time, my love, my everything is invested in the church of the living God. You know why? Because this is what's going to last. This is going to be here when everything else fades away. You can't keep all that stuff you've got forever. Guns, vehicles, toys, clothes. It doesn't matter what they are. Those treasures are going to go away. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. He said this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where neither thieves or thieves do not break through nor steal. For where you, you like to preach my sermon today. For where, and he didn't know what I was preaching. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't get uncomfortable now. But this is why some folks don't care whether they're in church or not. This is why some folks' church is just 
I'll go if I got time to go. This is why some folks don't put their time into the church. They put it everywhere else. They don't know the value. This is why some folks don't put their money in the church. They don't know the value. This is why some folks refuse to raise their kids to be faithful. They don't know the value. Y'all still love me? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart's going to be wherever you put your time and your money and your talent and your abilities and everything. You put God first, and, and that's where your treasure is. So that's where your heart is. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to some people today that your treasure is God. Your treasure is the church. Your treasure is the kingdom of heaven. You couldn't make it and you don't want to make it one day without the Lord. But there's some folks that if they show up on Christmas and Easter, they've done very good and they think they've done God a favor, but they've never realized the value of the kingdom of God. The value of this kingdom is this, brothers and sisters. There's healing in it. There's saving in it. There's dynamic power in it. There's miracles in it. There's a anointing in it. There's things that you can't get anywhere else. You can go to every doctor in this state and every doctor in America and they may say for you there's no hope but there's hope in the church because I know the miracle worker. I know the one that's ahead of this church and he can step on the bow of your boat and say peace be still to your storm. He can heal you from cancer. He can take away your heart condition. He can fix it when nobody else can but it all comes along with the church how many of you love the church today where your treasure is Paul said we have this treasure in us somebody shout in us 2 Corinthians 4, 7, you can write it down. He said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When you got God in you, you got the treasure in you. When you got God in you, you got the kingdom in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I was thinking this, this last week, last couple of weeks, what, what the church, now you, you, you've heard me say some of these things and it's okay, but new ones hadn't. So I'll say it again. When you preach as long as I've preached, you say a lot of stuff over. Well, if I'm not mistaken, every song we sang this morning, we've already sang before. Maybe one. Listen to me. When I had nobody else to turn to, the church was there for me. When my kids have run high fever and sick, the church was my hope. When I was lonely and depressed, the church picked me up. Come on now. Some of you have been to the depths of sin and you would still be there except for the church because the church loved you back and the church wrapped its arms around you and the church held on to you and pulled you up close and the only reason you're even existing today is because of the church of the living
So this is my treasure right here. These walls will fade and they'll fall and eventually crumble to dust. These pews will not last forever. This pulpit will not last. These musical instruments will not last. This carpet will eventually wear out and finally fade away. But I'm not putting my hope in the building. I'm putting my hope in the kingdom of God. So, because I love not just the building, but the people and the kingdom, and we're a part of a big church. I got news for you. Look at me right now. If you think this church is just as small as your little mind, and you think it's just us four no more, you are going to be sadly, sadly mistaken. Matter of fact, there's going to be a lot of folks in heaven that's going to look at me and say, what are you doing here? This church is bigger than you think it is. Amen? This church is, is magnificent. God didn't build just a little rinky-dink church. It's not just an organization. I want you to hear me right now. It's not just one or two people. It's not just three or four congregations. It's not just one little place at 6680 Frontage Road. This church reaches north and south and east and west. You heard Sister Tenney tell you how big heaven was going to be. I'm going to tell you by some folks' concept, we never would see one another. If all you thought was going to heaven was our little bunch. But I will tell you this, you're not going to get in there without being born of the water and the spirit. But across this world, the Holy Ghost is falling and people are going down in the waters of baptism. And across this world, not thousands, millions of people, millions and millions of people are getting in the church of the living God. This is the greatest day the church has ever had. This is the best thing that's ever happened to us. We are participants of the greatest era of the church in all of, of every time gone by. This is the best day. And God has called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. So, here's what I want to preach. I preach this every January. I want to talk about your treasure and your heart and your money. Oh, this is where it gets quiet. I'm not afraid to talk about money. Jesus talked about money more than he did heaven or hell. Go check me out. Matter of fact, three times as much he talked about money because he knew people's downfall. So if our treasure is the church, where should we be putting our money? Oh, you just want more money. I'm not going to get any more money. If you pay good or bad, that just is what it is. I don't preach this because of me. I want you to understand something. I want you to get a concept of the Scripture. Put on the screen, if you will, Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Because Jesus was talking about giving. And he said this, give. Everybody say give. I want you to say this with me. And say, it shall be given unto you. Now I want you to notice this next part. Good measure, that's a lot. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall God give into your bosom. Huh? That's not what it says. It says, shall men give into your bosom. When you give into the kingdom, it comes back. 
You can't give just so it'll come back. But you give because it's your treasure. And where your heart is, is where your money and your time and your ability and your talents all go. I got this to say to you. Forget money. If you're putting your talent and your ability and your time everywhere but the church, you need to reevaluate your life because you got things out of proportion. Because Jesus said in that same scripture, for with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Everybody say it's coming back. It's coming back. No wonder Jesus stopped on the Sermon on the Mount and he said, he talked about the, the flowers of the field and he talked about the birds of the air and he talked about the beast and he talked about how he clothes them and how he feeds them. Then he said this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Things, things, things. That's what we like is things. Woo, I feel anointed today. Things. He said all of these things are going to be added to you. What? Clothes, food, raiment, every need. You're never going to go lacking. When your treasure is the kingdom. If your treasure is the kingdom, he said, you do what I say and I'll take care of you. Has anybody ever witnessed that? You just do what I'm asking you to do and I'll take care of you. That's why he said, go ahead and give because it's coming back to you. Go ahead and give and it's coming back, not just coming back, but it's coming back pressed down, shaken together and running over. Men are going to give into your bosom. And then Paul comes along and he, he wraps it up in the New Testament church in Corinthians and he said this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. I, I preached this a couple of years ago. He said, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, everybody say every man, watch this, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, I mean, you can't say when the offering plate comes back, dear God, they're taking our offering again. Let me get a little money out. That's all this church wants is money. Really? I preached a couple of years ago this right here, and a man got mad and left this church. You know what I say? See you in eternity, brother. If you do good, I, I hope you do. But I ain't going to quit preaching this because this is in the Bible. He said... He that sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. But he that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a... Everybody smile at me. If you don't smile, I'll know you're not giving. And so will the congregation. You better smile. Why am I preaching this? Because if we, if we all ever get the concept. Brother Roy, I started to stand up and say this right behind you. But let me just tell you what God did in the pandemic, okay? This church did better. I'm almost praying for another one. It did better in the pandemic than it's ever done financially in the history of this church. You ought to give God praise for that. Because somebody loves God here. Somebody loves the kingdom here. 
Amen? Somebody's got their treasure right here. And let me tell you what, when you're out of church a few days and, and you don't get to come, it'll make you love your church. Or if you don't think you love your church, go to one of them dead ones where there is no hand raising and there is no hallelujahs and there is nobody, there's nobody worshiping God. And I'll tell you what you'll do. I'll tell you, you'll hurry back because you'll realize the value of the church. See, I'm not preaching stuff about pastor today. I'm not talking to you about something that, that, that gives me pad in my pocket. That's not what it's all about. I've never worried about it one time since I started preaching. And before that, I started giving to God as a little boy. My dad taught me that every dime that I've got, one penny belongs to God. I was at a place of business the other day, and the guy said, well, you get 18% off of this. I said, how you figure 18%? All I know how to do is figure 10%. I can figure 20 because I can do 10% twice. I was just picking with him, and he got to laugh, and he wasn't, a, he wasn't of our faith, but he understood. I said, preachers can't do anything but figure 10%. You know that. But you know what? 10% is all, is all God wants out of all his money because everything you've got belongs to him and everything that you've ever gained belongs to him and everything that God's ever blessed you with belongs to him. He's made us a pretty good deal to take care of the kingdom of God and the earth because he said all you do is give me 10% of my money and I'll give you 90% of your money. Amen. So, so I don't I don't worry about that. Somebody said, well, you know, what? how, how, how can I be sure? <laughs> this is the only thing I can tell you. How do I know? I can't afford to pay my light bill. Well, you know what? Yeah, I, I know you think I'm lying, but I may live in a tent with a candle, but I'm going to follow the Word of God. Because when I follow the Word of God, I can show you people that came to the kingdom of God over the years that were poor as Job's turkey, and he had to lead up against the fence to gobble. And they started paying tithes and loving God and giving offerings, and the first thing you know, they got a new job, and they're driving a new car. And Kirkland, I'm so proud of you. I, it just hit me while I prayed. That's a faithful man right there, he and his wife. But I looked on Facebook the other day, man, you making points. I saw what she's driving. You're doing good, buddy. You know what? That's the blessings of God. And I commented on it. That's the being faithful to God. That's because when you love God, had you invested into his kingdom, had you put your treasure where it all, look, I love to drive new cars, and I love new clothes, and I love new shoes, and I love all that stuff, but I don't love one of them as much as I love God, and I love his kingdom. And I'm going to make sure that my heart is right with God, and I follow the word of God, because if I give sparingly, I'm not going to have a big crop but if I can give bountifully now you notice that he said every man according as he will and he purposes in his heart everybody can't give the same amount everybody can't do the same thing but I'll tell you what we got some of you folks that's got jobs that make big money some of these widow women on social security are going to stand by you in the judgment and you're going to have to tuck your head David, would you do me a favor, son? Would you just pat me right here on the back? I am doing so good today. You see, people get uncomfortable, but not me. Not me, because if I make a dime today, a penny of it's going to God. If I get $10, I give a dollar. If I get 
No, I give more than that. But, but let me tell you, that's what's required is, is your tithing. But, and then offering is not tithe. Offering is above tithe. Offering is what you sacrificially give to God according to your, to your blessing. And, and, and you know what? I've heard all kind of things said and all kind of things preached, but I'm just going to tell you my understanding of it. You give God your tithe, and then you pay God whatever offering you can pay Him and give it with a cheerful heart. And the first thing, look, I've, oh, man, I could bring some testimonies to this church right now. Let, let, let me, can I just do some things right quick? Could, y'all don't mind me saying, Donna, can I use you for a minute? You see this girl right here? Come here, Donna. Come here, let me help you. Help me for you. Get none of the offering now. I'll tell you that right now. But you see this girl right here? Many years ago, she had a barren marriage. Her husband left. Left her with a baby. She bought a travel trailer for my daddy. And she paid him every dime. She worked. She started back to school. Donna has been faithful. She started giving, and she, started, she stayed faithful to God. Am I telling the truth? She got her nursing degree, and then she went on, and she got a nurse practitioner's degree. And today, she owns her own business, and she's not filthy rich, but she's still blessing God. And when she made $10, she gave a dollar. And when she made $100, she gave 10. And when she made $200, she gave 20. And now she's making way more of that, and she gives way more than that. But I'm just telling you, it's a proven fact. If you'll do what God said, do he will do what he said he would do. Anybody believe me today? So I do this on January. I do this because I'm fixing to hand you one of these. Get them going. You know what this is? This is something, and this is what made somebody mad. If this makes you mad, darling, I'm so sorry. You'll get over that. If you'll just give, God will bless you. But this is what we've been doing for years. It's called planting for our future. How many of you understand this? Now look at me. Don't be reading that right now. It's the same thing you've seen before. But watch me. How many of you know that you can't take a 50-pound 50 50 bag of seed and plant 1,000 acres? Huh? How many of you understand that the more seed you plant, the more harvest you get? And so you determine your own harvest. Everybody say amen. So what do you have in your hand? And what I'm, It's not mandatory. It's not. Don't get mad at me. Don't, I, I have these printed. Chelsea does such an awesome job. She prints them up every year. And we just take commitments. It's investing in, in, in your church. And it's putting things in the kingdom of God. It's planting seeds. Somebody said, well, yeah, my dad was riding. And I, my, matter of fact, I saw this man the other day. My dad was, was, was riding in the car with, with a politician and a man out of our church. And one of them said, well, you know the Bible said, don't let your left hand or your right hand know what your left hand doing. He said, so I don't, I don't put anything down on paper and I don't let nobody know what I'm doing. My daddy couldn't stand it. Y'all have to know my daddy. He didn't, he didn't mince too many words. And he said, I'll tell you why, brother, why you don't let your right hand let, know what your left hand doing because your left hand ain't doing nothing. That's a fact. That really happened. I'm glad y'all are smiling. But this is just a commitment to this church. And we, we do this. There's been other things that we could have done. But we broke the church note down. Our church note here is 75 or right at $7,500 a month. And I'll just tell you right up front. Me and that lady right there, 
Every year we take one month. So there's only 11 more months to be filled. You can't pay it all. We'll take, we'll take one month. We'll pay it out. One month, paying by the month is $630 a month. And we're going to take a month and we're going to pay that. Because we understand the, the principle of God's Word. I don't ask you to do what I'm doing. There are some that can, there are some that cannot. But here's what can happen. Even if you go back to that plan one where it says day of note and you can't give $5 a week, I, I'm going to tell you something. I doubt seriously there's anybody in this room that can't give $5 a week. That's, that's a Coke and a candy bar if you get it for that. Huh? I went through Sonic last night. My wife likes those big old drinks. And, you know, I, I pay, she said $3 and something for that big old huge drink. I said, dear God, I could have went and bought a two liter of Coke. So you, you just read this, and you don't have to do this today. You don't have to do it anytime if you don't want to. But we just offer you the opportunity to be blessed of God because this is our treasure. This is going to be standing when the world's on fire and darkness veils the sun. The church of the living God is my great hope. And so I'm asking you to get involved for your blessing and for the blessing of the church. There's four different plans here. You can read that. You can give weekly. You can give monthly. You can give yearly. And if you can't do any of that, guess what? On the very bottom it says if you choose other. I mean, you may want to give more than $7,500 this year. You may want to give $10,000. Oh, don't think it ain't in here. It's in here. You may want to give $2 a week. It's okay. But whatever you can give, why don't you make a commitment to God today? Because if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, according to your, your blessing, everybody's not the same level, and I understand that. But we've got this treasure. You know, and I close with this. It's one of the greatest stories of the Bible, and, and the Bible doesn't even give the guy's name. But I close with this. There's a story in Matthew chapter 19 about a man that came to Jesus and he said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and the Lord looked at him, Jesus did, and he said, he said, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one and that is God. But if, thou want, if you want to enter into life, you've got to keep the commandments. And so here's what this guy said. He said, thou shalt he saith unto him, which, and Jesus said, here's the commandments, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. And the young man said to the Lord, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? What else have I got to do, Lord? And the Lord looked back at him and said this, if thou wilt be perfect, Go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure. Everybody say treasure. Treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And then Jesus looked at his disciples and this is what he said. 
Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Why did he say that? Because this man, who we don't even know his name, we just tagged him as the rich young ruler because the Bible said he had many possessions. He wasn't willing. I'm not trying to change the word of God, but I want you to listen to me right now. I have a feeling, knowing God, that if he would have said that day, sure, I'll go right home and get started on that. The Lord, Charlie, probably would have done the rich young ruler like he did Abraham. Because Abraham had to take his son to the top of Mount Moriah and raise the knife before God stopped him. And the Lord said, now I know. I wonder what the Lord knows about us today. Now I know. Now I know. So, if that rich young ruler would have just said, sure, Lord, I'll be happy because I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I just got a feeling. Okay, I'm not changing that. It is what it is. But he didn't say that. The Bible said he just bowed his head and walked away sorrowfully because he had a lot. And he wasn't willing to give it up for the kingdom of God. But on the other hand, there's an Abraham that God said, now I know. And the disciples one time, the disciples one time, I, I'm closing. I'm, I'm, I've been circling the airport. I got the landing gear out right here. The disciples in Luke 18 said this. Then Peter said, lo, he's talking to the Lord. He said, we've left all and followed thee. And you know what Jesus said to him? Could, I, could, you, could you put this up for me, the last scripture? Luke 18, verse 28. Verse 28. Peter said, lo, we've left all. In other words, Lord, we left our, our boats and our, our nets and we don't even have a way to make a living anymore. What the Lord said to him, verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting stand with me today Peter was saying Lord we, we, we gave up everything to follow you he said it's going to pay off that's basically what he said it's going to pay off look at your neighbor and say it's going to pay off come on say it it's going to pay off how many of you believe what I'm preaching here today this is not an altar call sermon we won't, even, we won't even put you through that today because if I had to give an altar call, it'd be those that aren't giving and then you don't want to do that. Y'all got to love me because I'm saying it with a smile. But I haven't preached anything that's not in this book today. It's in the Bible. Just as much as we believe a lot of stuff. Thank you, Rusty. I love you. You and Kathy, so faithful to this church for many, many, many years. Call me. No, he didn't call me. Text me this week and uh, ask me a question. And I love what he said. We were just, we were just talking about money and his finances. And he said, "I'm kind of entering that retirement state, Rusty. Son, me and you are too young for that. 
you can't enter no retirement stage. Kind of not, not retired, but kind of living that life, he said. But here's what he said. He said, I just want to ask you a question because I ain't going to hell over money. Thank you. I believe that. I ain't going to hell over money. Why don't we just say that I ain't going to hell over money? I don't drive anything, wear anything, live in anything, go anywhere that's worth going to hell over. How about you? I don't have a bank account big enough to go to hell over. I don't have a savings account big enough to go to hell over. I don't have one thing in this life that take that I want to take me to hell. I give it all to God right now. Somebody shout amen. So in your hand you have a card. It's just a commitment. You can turn them back in today or you can turn them back in next week. Or you can throw them in the trash when you go out. But they're in your hand. And you will determine your own harvest. You will determine what God gives you in 2022. And at the end of this year, I'm going to challenge you. You step out in faith and you say, God, I'm going to do this. Look, look, let let me tell you something. I I know many years ago, a guy that went to a denominal church, not our kind of church, and I won't call the name, but I know the name, and, and he got a bill, and he said, you promised this much. I'm not sending you a bill. If you, <laughs> We're not done in you. If you can't do what you had faith to step out and do, hey, at least you took the act of faith. But I challenge you to do some things in faith because here's what God's going to do. He's going to say, I like that. Here's the rain. Here's the blessings. I'm going to heal your family. I'm going to take care of your kids. I'm going to bless you with health. I'm going to give you a new vehicle. I'm going to take care of your job. That's what God does. He, He operates like that whether you know it or not. Oh, oh, hey. I, I, I know a bunch of you has got the charts and you're reading the Bible. You probably read the same things I did this last week. We got to reading about the particulars of God and, and how, how particular God is about some stuff. I'm, I'm over today. Isn't that wonderful? And so, so here's what got me. It was one sacrifice. He said, you take blood and you put it on the right tip of Aaron's ear and you go put it on the right tip of his son's ears. You put it on your right thumb, blood, and you put it on your right big toe. I said, wonder why he said that. I said, because God's particular. He wants things done right. He wants it. He's got an order that he wants things done. And this book that I held up is not a joke. It's God's word. What do you say? Let's go to heaven together. What do you say? Let's make God our treasure. The kingdom of God our treasure. What do you say? Let's walk before him righteously. Let's do what the Lord asked us to do. Put your hands together all over this room today. And give God praise.